Pastor and the Guy Next Door, podcast number five. Good evening. I'm your host, Pastor Simon Chapel, and the other handsome fellow is my next-door neighbor, Bill Wall. Join us as we relax around a campfire in Bill's backyard. Our topic of conversation this evening is weddings, and we did a better-than-usual job of staying on topic. We talked so long that we're splitting this conversation over two podcast episodes. This is part two. Sometimes, you know, getting back to weddings, we have altered, we did alter our store hours. We used to be open until 9 o'clock, giving everybody the opportunity to get in and try on their tuxedos. Wow. But my distributor was open until then. And if they came in after that, it was just too bad. I remember waiting for someone. I had received a call at 5 to 9. Oh, I'll be right there. I waited till quarter to ten, if not ten o'clock, and they showed up. Oh, wow. Well, it was like this. Oh, let's have one beer. Let's have another beer. And they'll wait. Well, yeah, we'll wait. It was a good thing everything fit. Otherwise, they would have had to take it and go on with it. So then we rolled back to eight o'clock. And then seven. <laughs> then I finally said, you know, let's just be open till 5.30 on Friday nights because we had no business. And I was tracking this. So, I felt that if rehearsals are at 6 o'clock or 6.30, people had to be in town by then. Yes. I tell the the couple getting married, you get them. The first stop is to pick up their tuxedos. Try it on. It takes 10 minutes. They're out the door. And that worked great. Because then they could take their tuxedo, hanging in the hotel, hanging at wherever they're staying in the closet and everything was tucked away. We used to have people try things on and the next thing you know, they're in the bar, they're at the uh, the rehearsal dinner after having fun, running around dancing and they bring out the bow tie or the tie and the next thing you know, a girl's wearing it and you don't see it until right before the wedding when everybody's scrambling. I would get phone calls we're missing the tie. I said, uh, well, did somebody take it? Yes. I said, well, you better find it because otherwise you have to drive into Madison and back, and that's going to take an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. So they did some scrambling, and they did <laughs> happen to find what they were looking for. Now, you know, sometimes there were my mistakes, yeah, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But I I'm sure they were way. fairly few and far between because you you did this for a while i've seen it all yes yeah yes and you know it got to the point where it wasn't even irritating it was just like okay well let's analyze what had happened were we what was going on right down the line or we would get guys in they'd be out for a day of golfing they'd come in trying on their tuxedos or maybe they were vacuuming up a church basement and I would send him to the bathroom, wash your hands. I had this one guy come in. He 
they golfed 18 holes and he was a big guy and he thought he knew everything. I said, go wash your hands, please. He said, ah, oh, they aren't dirty. Look, they aren't dirty. I said, please wash your hands. I'm not going to wash my hands. He put on his shirt, buttoned his top collar, and it was filthy all the way around. So I grabbed him, and he was with about four or five other people who did wash their hands. So I took him over to the mirror, and everybody was looking at me. And I said in my very stern coach's voice, do you see this dirt on the collar? This is the white shirt, and that is dirt all the way around. The collar, the button. I would get you a new shirt if you would have just washed your hands, but you did not. You have to have somebody wash this. It's on you. And everybody stood at attention, looking at me, knowing I meant business. And the guy, I hung it up, didn't hear a thing about it because he didn't listen. <laughs> oh, my. Fun. Oh, yeah. And then you get the people that are just so great, so much fun. They horse around. We laugh. But those are the ones you forget. Yeah, they don't make for good dramatic stories. Well, this, this guy came in and he was just really agreeable. Yeah, and yeah that, that's and a terrible story. The other guys, they were laughing and having fun and looking around at this and that and making plans about how they had to organize things that the groom had to get done, helping him out. Oh, yeah. Now, I got uh, press-ganged, I think I'm going to use that term, press-ganged into photographing two weddings. Press-ganged? Press-ganged. All right. You're not familiar that, with that term? I don't, I'm, I don't have that Shakespearean uh, vocabulary like you. Okay. Um, How do you spell that, first of all? Press P R P R E S S G A N G E D. Okay, press gang. press gang. Yes. So the press gang were. This is from back in the day of wooden sailing ships and the British Royal Navy, and a shortage of sailors. Nobody wanted to sail, be a regular sailor. You know, there were people that liked being officers or whatever, but nobody wanted to be the regular sailor because like calling up the poles and stuff. Uh, actually sailing the old sailing ships was nasty, dirty, dangerous work. And most people couldn't swim, so the thought on being out in the middle of the ocean on something that could sink did not sit well with them. I'd agree. So the press gangs would go around um, late in the evening finding drunk people. <laughs> they would throw them on a ship the ship would leave harbor in the morning before the drunk people had woken up. So they would wake up with a hangover and the uh, terrible discovery that they were now in the Navy. Surprise! Yes. <laughs> um, so, that's being press ganged. Sounds like the Barbary Coast where they would uh, grab people and... Pirates did that, didn't they? Uh, I don't know if the pirates did that, uh, but certainly the, the Royal Navy... Did, well, maybe the pirates did. But, uh, but the Royal Navy definitely did it, and that's where the term press gang came from. Um, yeah, so I was press ganged into photographing two weddings. Um, I'm trying to think. Neither... Did I conduct the first... 
I don't think I conducted either of them. Um, but I, I, of course, I wasn't charging anybody anything. But this one uh, maid of honor was, well, this is another bossy maid of honor. It seems to be a pattern here. A bossy you, maid you of honor. You seem to gather them. <sighs> Maybe. Must be your personality. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Uh, <laughs> So that that was quite that was quite stressful. Now the second bossy maid of honor, the, the one the wedding I conducted, I just laughed at her. So I'd, I'd learned how to deal with them better. But the the first one, ah oh man, I it was like, well, you need to take these pictures, you need to take those pictures. Like I'm a volunteer and I'm not getting paid anything, and I've never done this before. You tell me what pictures you want taken, I'll take them. You get the people together. In, in the end, the I'll pictures turned out okay. Shutter, but uh, yeah, well, you you need. You need this grouping. Fine. You organize them. I'll take the picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm good uh, with that. So in the end, they, they, she realized that you know, I would, I'll gladly take any picture of any combination of people you put together. But you know what you want. You organize it. I'll take the pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's I, why you have a personal attendant to gather people, to have that list and check it off. Yeah, so well, there, the and there had been no... You know, all of the rehearsal stuff on the evening before, I'm not even sure if we were at the rehearsal, but the rehearsal stuff the evening before, of course, didn't include anything about the photography. And maybe people thought that I was a real wedding photographer, knew what I was doing. No, I just happened to be in the same congregation as the couple getting married, and so I was just helping out. Just to get the camera. Just to get oh, yeah, the camera. The camera. Yep. Was it a Kodak, was it? Uh, no. No, it was a... <laughs> Polaroid? Nikon D70 digital right. SLR. All right, yeah, okay, that's a nice uh, camera. Oh, I love that thing. I was very sad when uh, when it broke. Uh, my current camera is nice, but it's it's more complicated. I, I like the D70 because it was pretty straightforward. They keep adding features like, no, 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 no. I just I just want to be able to take nice pictures. So. You know, taking pictures that's that's an art. You have to know light and color and field of depth oh yeah which which type of lens to use be it a wide angle a regular lens a telephoto lens composition yeah oh I think my gosh probably light is the most important thing and followed by composition yes uh, then you get into the technical stuff you know what depth of field are you looking at uh, you know that kind of stuff but i think light and and composition are probably the most important things well i mean there's a reason it's called photography drawing with light you have to be able to see the light if you if you when i started photography i, I read some courses on, on photography and they were talking about light and golden hour blue hour things like that and after a while i started being able to see the light not in a religious sense but <laughs> okay. in a photography sense you you, well, we've you, known see you, th- you know that you've already seen well, that uh, quite so quite so uh but yeah, it's, after a while, you start realizing, okay, this this light is too harsh. I don't want to take any pictures in this light. Uh, this light is, oh, this is a nice warm light. Oh, here's the lovely golden light that you get in the evening, the hour before the yep. sun goes down or the hour after it's come up. And then you've got the blue hour, which is the hour after the sunset and, and before the sunrise. And uh, It really makes such a huge difference. Now, back in the day, when I learned, I was always taught with light shoot, for the shadow, shoot at the shadow, because that's where 
Oh, exposed for the shadow? Yeah. Exposed for the shadow, yeah. yes. They called it shoot for the shadow. Okay. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends what you what you want to to get. I mean, what some people like doing the high key stuff, where you're you're you want as much light as possible. You don't care if your shadows are dark. You try to have the minimum amount of shadows anyway. Or and then there's other people where they won't get moody, so they most of the picture is going to be dark. Yeah. Um, all wedding stuff, and that's what the photographer has to know. The uh, the wedding, yeah. And then so you have to worry about the floor. I would never want to be a wedding photographer. So the second wedding I photographed was, was um, family uh, on my wife's side, cousins. And they had a photographer arranged. So we get to the wedding. The arranged photographer was not there. The arranged photographer was unavailable by phone. The arranged photographer had apparently fallen off the face of the earth. And so they looked at me, and I went, yes, I did bring my camera, okay. Was he wanted by the FBI? I don't know. He was wanted by me at one point. Well, I would imagine. Probably wanted by the, the mother of the bride, too. Well, they, they ended up really liking the pictures that I took, so. Well, there you go. Um, that one wasn't quite so stressful. That first, oh, the first wedding, because of this one bossy maid of honor, I got home. My suit was drenched with sweat because I was so stressed. I I just wanted to take some pictures, and these people are getting all bent out of shape. You need exactly these angles, and these people are the eyes. Well, whatever. then give them whatever. the camera. Here, so, you take them. Yeah, I'll put the dress my on. suit was drenched. <laughs> I had to dry it out, then bring it down to you to send off for dry cleaning. Now, was this back wow. in the day with film? Uh, no, this was this was digital. Okay, um, but this was. Back when the first pastor, so I'm only the, sec, the second pastor of the church, so this was the founding pastor. Um, so let me see, I've been pastoring there 12 years, I think. This was like meh, two, three, maybe four years before I took over. So it's 15, 16 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I had a digital. Have you lived next door that long? Yeah, I, we've been How next door. How old was Emily? She was two and a half when we moved in, and Kate was six months. Oh, wow. Because there's almost exactly two years between them. Time sure does fly when you're having fun. Oh. Planning all these weddings and taking care of tuxedos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's, some, that's some wedding photography stories. Uh, thank, so, yeah, I, I have no intention ever again, ever, taking pictures at a wedding. Maybe that's why they're so. You have to pay so much for them because uh, they have to cover that health insurance. That you know, you never know when you're going to have a cardiac. Well, get someone yelling at them. Yeah, and there's there's certain stressful things. So, at any event, you really can't go back, but especially not a wedding. And there's there's a very high expectation that wedding pictures are going to turn out wonderful. Um, so you, you need to have a really good camera. You need to have a really good backup camera. You can't have a junky backup camera. Yep. You, you, and some wedding photographers take a, a third camera as well. I mean, because you're there, you have to take pictures. There's no, can you all come back tomorrow? That doesn't work. Nope. So you've got to be able to take pictures of some sort of reasonable quality. And then, you know, you're expected to be the master of ceremonies of the whole picture portion 
And these days, I've heard that there's the they have pictures before and after the ceremony. Oh yes. So they'll have individual, or they'll have pictures of the bride's party and the groom's party, keeping them separate, and then they'll have all the combined pictures after the wedding. So there's there's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of coordination. Expe- yeah, and you're expected to print all this stuff up and have it ready quite soon after the wedding. I don't know, within a, a week, probably maximum of a month. Um, and have quite the, the fancy display. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like showing up for five minutes and hitting the shutter for a few times. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll probably bring my camera for, uh, for your daughter's wedding, but not because I intend to be the photographer. I mean, of course, for a certain part of the, the service, I will not be able to take pictures. <laughs> Thank God for cell phones. There'll be a lot of those flying around. Yeah. It'll be almost at capacity for 250 people. Wow. You're going to have a big group to talk to. That's okay. I like talking. I know you got broad shoulders. You yeah, can I do. It. All the way down. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. That's, all, that's, that's your opinion. We got a nice fire right now. It's really nice. I've seen Lowry. a couple of bats flying around, so that's good. So that's yeah, helping I don't mind with the bugs. That at all. Howdy. All right, let me see. What haven't we covered wedding-wise? We're, we're, we're doing pretty good for us, sticking food. with the topic. Food. Oh, yeah, food. Um, oh, I was going to ask for your perspective as the father of the bride or slash groom. Uh, my lovely daughters are still as yet unmarried, so I have not experienced that. Okay. Uh, all I remember about the food for our wedding is I didn't get to eat much. So I was mm. starving. I ate. I just made it a point. Hey, you know what? I'm eating, guys. And then you have to have pictures with the cake. Uh, you know, I hate that whole... I don't think we did this, where they they encourage the, the bride and groom to smush cake in their we faces. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. No, no, we didn't do that. What? What's with that? Where did that come from? That, that needs to die in a fire. That's stupid. Well, I, I agree. You know, then you got to go to the bathroom and wash it off. And then the next thing you know, they're kidnapping the bride and taking her off to some undisclosed spot for 45 minutes. And that's 45 minutes of fun. That Anyway, that's what they did to, to Lisa, my wife. Really? Oh, they had, that, thank they you. They kidnapped the bride and off they went. And one guy, he was a, a county sheriff deputy. Uh, so at least <laughs> you know she was safe, but yeah. Well, that, yeah. Well, that, that that seems stupid. Some of these traditions are just mind-bogglingly foolish and bizarre. Where do these come from? Yeah, I don't know. But they're not happening. That won't be happening at uh, August 3rd. Well, no, I'm, I'm big enough. If anyone tries to... Hustle your daughter out of there. I'll just stand in the way. Well, I think she's big enough and she's cranky enough. She says, uh, sorry, I got other things to tend to here. That's true. Enough. But she's a skinny one, though. So, I mean, I'll... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, I would want to... I, I, I could see her button. being being a little bit strong-willed. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, and physically, too. But that's the way we taught her. Just so many things going on. So many different fun... 
you know, you've got the dinner, you well, you had the grand march where they introduce all the couples and then you eat and then you have the toasts. Mine will be short and sweet. Right oh, to the point. Thank you. Thank you. The, Is your sermon gonna be that way if it's hot? Uh yes. The the, the sermon will be ten, maybe fifteen minutes, and if it's hot it'll be closer to ten. Right to the point. Yep. Do we need cliff notes? Uh, I think it'll be short enough it'll count as cliff notes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, no. Sermons don't need to be long to have eternal value. Oh, no, no, not at all. Now, on a Sunday morning, my sermons range from 30 to 35 minutes. That's a different deal. But at, the, at a wedding, no. 10, 15 tops. Well, you know, if you're outside... And it's hot, yeah, it's going to be closer to 80 some degrees. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'll, I'll, I'll try to finish the sermon before either the bride or the groom keel over from uh, heat exhaustion. Well, I hope you finish it before the pastor keels over because he's the guy that's going to be in the black suit. Yeah, there, there is that. Good point. All right, what else? Oh, so tell us about the perspective of being the, the father of the bride slash groom. Well, the father. What's that like? Well, I haven't done that. Being the father, you don't know much of anything until it happens. (laughs) Okay. Now, being father of the groom, you even know less. True, I can see that. But the father of the bride, you hear it from your bride that this is what's going on. Okay, fine, and we're gonna go try the dress on. I gotta get my dress. Well, I guess father of the groom or (coughs) bride, the mother has to get a dress too. Me, I just show up and what. They had ordered for tuxedos, and I'm fine with that. Or, or a dark suit. You can never go wrong with yep. But And most guys are. You know, they, they leave their job at 5 o'clock. They get to, they go home, they shower, they get to the rehearsal. Five minutes late, maybe ten minutes late. If they get caught in traffic, they go through the steps. They have a little fun on Friday night. They get up, and they help with preparations for the wedding. The wedding happens, and then Sunday, you help clean up things up from from the hall where the reception's at. Oh yeah, take uh, and you got then you got to worry about the gifts. Decorations you pack them up. back, yeah, yeah. Gifts. Make sure you keep a track of who gave what, so that when you write those thank you letters, oh yeah, that you can thank them for the correct thing. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to thank anybody for a gas grill when they gave, they gave you a hammock or a roaster. Oh, I think that would be fun, but yeah, you're probably right. You're probably one's bride would not proof of that. Well, that's true. Unless they're really old people and they forget what they gave. That has happened, I'm sure. But you know, the, the wedding gifts, now those those are fun. We got uh, we got a wedding gift from a, a member of the church that we were in at the time that was some orange, clear orange plastic beakers and a a jug and when we first got it my wife was completely like what on earth is this yet we still have them we still use them we love them (laughs) and some you know unfortunately the guy passed away uh, I don't know five so years ago like you want to go to people and go okay you know 20 years ago you gave us this and we still love it thank you I have there's other gifts that by the time you get to one year like yeah let's just throw it out (laughs) Well, yeah, I got married, at least I got married in 82, and there's still things that we have. Yeah. 
So the gift thing is interesting. Uh, yeah, we, we, we still have a few gifts that were that are used on a, a regular, well, like with those jug, uh, that jug and those, those cups, that's used on a daily basis, 22 years, 23 in September later. <laughs> so it was a success. Was like, he nailed yeah. it. He did. I, I wasn't upset, but I, I know my, my lovely bride was like, what? Well, don't like these. You still got them. And I can't remember, like, I don't know, so five, ten years after we got them, I go, you know, we really should go back and tell Dean that we like this present. Yeah, I suppose we should. Yeah. Still using it 22 <laughs> years it. later. So that was fun. You know, every wedding, there's three, four guys that I went to. Actually, I'm one of four people that I went to Loris College with. And we have never missed a child's wedding of the four of us. Okay. And the first RSVPs that came back were my three college buddies. In fact, Kelsey said to me, you know, I got Bill, Bill, and Craig's uh, RSVP back. Where is yours? Well, I think I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's... I believe my wife mailed our RSVP back, but again, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there. I know you'll be there. But I think she only mailed the RSVP back because that Being had polite. the... Well, okay. We had to know what you A, were she's eat. polite, and B, we needed to say what we were eating. Yeah. Not that I can remember what we indicated on the card now, but but apparently we're also eating. Boy, wouldn't it be a mess if all of a sudden they changed the menu? <laughs> and uh, everybody... After the RSVPs are due. Well, you know what? It happened to Kelsey. And she said, No. This is what's happening. We have all these back. So they agreed. They yeah. have a new chef at the place that they have, they're having the wedding. Ah. Uh, wanted to bring in new recipes. Well, sorry, well, we, you've got a commitment to the previous right. recipes. It's this chicken with this sauce. Figure, this pork figure with something this sauce. out. Get it done. Yeah. I don't care if you have to bring it back for that day, oh, but you just funny. don't do it. And. She's not the only wedding because every weekend was booked. Yep. Surprise. <laughs> All right. Any last stories? I think we did well tonight. Oh, yeah. You know, I got a lot more stories, but we can randomly throw those in after the wedding. So we have wedding stories. That's true. We can, we can have an after the wedding recap of wedding stories. Yes. Very good. We'll make sure that you don't pass out. Plus, yeah. you're too big to pick up. That's true. Between the black suit and being a big strapping lad. Yes. Yeah, I better make sure I'm okay. That and... Uh, I'll, I'll keep some ice cubes in my pocket in case I start getting Well, warm. they're going to have a cooler of water. You know, those little, what, eight-ounce water jugs? Okay. The little water containers. But I'll, I'll stuff my suit pocket with a couple of those. <laughs> that and you know those like little icy hot or ice pack things that'll work too. Yeah, I could I could swig one of those dripping. Well, you know, like when they're, when they're doing the uh, was it the unit? No, the the unity braid. Well, braid, yeah, not the unity candle. So while they're doing that, I'll be I'll be chugging some water. Don't anyone look at me? Chug chug. <laughs> That's right. They'll be off to the side somewhere. Yeah. Kelsey has to teach Dave how to braid. 
That's one of her projects in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that should be fun. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to be around for that. Oh, well, if the uh, if their relationship can survive that, it can survive anything. Well, I know it'll survive for Dave, but it's just a matter of, is Kelsey going to have the patience? And I think oh, she will. That's, that's You know, funny. anybody that teaches fifth grade has got to have patience. I, well, that's, that's true. Having driven a few fifth graders, I can, I can attest to that. Oh, man. You know what Kelsey told me is we should do a podcast on the bus. Would that be, would they let that happen? Uh, sadly not. That would, oh, be, okay. that would be federally prohibited. You All have right. to... Only certain authorized people are allowed on the bus. And I wouldn't be authorized. No. no. Oh, one, la- one last brief story. Um, on the honeymoon, talking of teaching people things. Uh, so we, a friend of mine had a, that wasn't brand new or anything, but it was still in reasonable condition, a Porsche 911. Oh, a 911. Those are nice. And his wedding gift to us was the loan of the Porsche for the uh, for the honeymoon and so we, we really hadn't figured out what on earth we didn't have a lot of money but with the uh, the loan of a Porsche it was like okay well road trip we're going somewhere and doing something because we've got a 911 and we're going and this thing was stick shift oh. 4 speed 5 speed I want to say 5 uh, it wasn't nearly clean enough, so in the, the I think the day or two before the, the wedding, uh, Shauna had us cleaning it and just scrubbing it and vacuuming. We returned it in really nice condition. He, he, uh, he got a pretty sweet deal on lending us that and getting it back cleaned. Um, so we're out in the middle of nowhere, uh, and she wants to drive this thing because it was nice. We'd cleaned it up, but it was stick shift. So I think we were in Nebraska. I'm trying to remember if we were on our way or there or back. We went out to the, uh, the Black Hills area of South Dakota. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, Nebraska. I mean, during the day, it was pretty. The the, the interstate was quiet. The road was flat. Of course, Nebraska. That's right. So, Nothing there. So I, I showed her the basics, and then we were on a, a an on ramp on the the highway. So she just started down the on ramp, changing gears. She she did really well. Um, and then I think we I'd managed to get her to fourth by the time we got to the the actual proper part of the interstate, and then. She just cruised along, and after that, she really did quite well. So, I don't know if that was brave, foolish, or or, or something in between. To it was called being in Nebraska and no one around. <laughs> well, really, really. And, and she picked it up quite well. She she really did. Uh, she doesn't drive stick much these days. She's lost her nerve. But well, let's uh, face it, in Dajou, with all the ups and downs and the stops that going uphill, yeah, it's lots a difficult of thing to do. It, it really is, but. Uh, yeah, so that was that was one of our fun stories. On that would have been a lot of fun. I got a fun story. We, we, uh, we survived, so we're still married. Yeah, must be good. We'll have to talk about ex- experiences and travel at a later date. 
Oh yes. That'll be honeymoon experiences for Lisa. That and could I. include honeymoon experience. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good evening, folks. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed hanging out with us around the fire.